Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I want to start by asking you a question. Are you afraid? You know, fear is something that we all have to deal with. And what I want to do today is show you from the Word of God how to deal with fearful situations. You know, feeling fear, becoming afraid is not a sinful thing. We all become afraid at one time or another as we live our lives. The important thing is to learn how to handle fear when it occurs in our lives. And that's what I want to do today, show you from the Word of God how to handle fearful situations. It's very important because, you know, uh, it's clear from my study of the Word of God that we're living in the, in the end times. And Jesus, the Lord said that in, in Luke 21, verse 26, he said that, uh, you know, in the end times that men's hearts would fail them from fear and the expectation of things that are coming on the earth. And so with that in mind, we need to realize that we live in a time that, that there's a lot of reason for fear. And uh, it's very important that we learn how to handle fear as we live our lives. You know, for example, I know Vladimir Putin, if you've been following the news, he's been talking of, you know, making nuclear threats. And then, of course, you have inflation going on and there's many financial fears that people have right now. Uh, you know, people, you know, wondering if they're going to be able to afford their grocery bills or, you know, as winter uh, comes comes on the scene here, at least, you know, in the in the Midwest where, where I live, you know, and it gets real cold. You know, sometimes people have to make a decision, you know, are they going to heat or are they going to eat, you know, because they don't have enough money for heating their home and buying groceries and that can be very fearful. And so there's all kinds of fearful situations that, that people face, uh, you know. And if, you, if I started to make a list of all the fears that people deal with, we could make a list a, a mile long. A lot of people you know, are fearful of, of, of becoming ill or getting a bad doctor's report or uh, losing their job or, you know, if they lose their job, not being able to keep their homes. Uh, you know, their car breaking down, not having enough money to, to get their car repaired or, you know, fearful about their children or this, that or the other. You know, some people are, are really, they're afraid to leave their homes. Uh, some people are, are afraid to interact with other people. You know, uh, <laughs> there's just all kinds of fear of heights, fear of flying, you know, all kinds of things that people have fears of. And, you know, it's just important that we learn to handle fearful situations. You know, speaking of, of finances, I, I studied up one time on the uh, the Great Depression and and back in the 1930s and so on and and uh, and the stock market crash of 1929 and I studied up on that one time and and uh, one of the things that I found was that along with you know, some missteps that some of the political leaders made and whatnot back there then. But fear and panic, fear and panic. And of course, that was a very fearful time. But it was it was the way many people reacted to the fear that caused that, that caused a terrible problem. It wasn't just that it was a fearful situation, but it was the panic that set in and, and people not knowing how to handle their fear uh, that caused a real terrible problem. And uh Actually, it was one of the factors that that really contributed to like the run on the banks and 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 you know all kinds of terrible things. You know, something I have learned too that in the area of finances, you know, uh, the, the people like like when financial uh, trouble hits, uh, the people that panic and and do things that they they, they shouldn't do during during uh, tough economic times. They get in trouble, whereas the, the people who stay calm and level-headed and don't act rashly, uh, you know, and unwisely, those are the ones who later down the road, you know, come out on top. So, so it's just, it's so important that we, uh, that we realize that it's not a sin to feel fear or, or to become afraid. That's not a sinful thing, but we have to learn how to handle fearful situations. You know, if we don't learn to handle fearful situations properly 
It can actually paralyze us and cause us to not fulfill our potentials. You know, I think about that parable that the Lord shared about the talents. And there were three, uh, three people. One, he gave a certain number of talents to, and then the second one, a certain number of talents, and then the, the third one. And uh, it's interesting that the first two were productive with their talent, and they, they produced uh, uh, you know, very well with what the Lord gave them. But that third, that third fella, if you ever notice, it's in Matthew 25, verse 25. He came back and said to the Lord, he said, now look, notice what he said. He said, I was afraid. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Of course, he didn't do anything with it, and the Lord was very upset with him, and he didn't, didn't turn out well for that guy. Uh, but notice it was fear that caused him to hide his talent. You know, fear, that's one thing fear will do. It'll cause, if we don't handle it properly, properly it will cause us to hide, and it'll cause us to hide our talent. And uh, I've watched this over the many years and it's happened in my own life where, you know, I'll watch that the Lord give people certain talent, but uh, they're afraid that for whatever reason they're not good enough or this, that or the other and they tend to hide it and uh, it, it never uh, does them any good and it doesn't, as a result, a lot of people uh, aren't blessed uh, as a result also. I'm thinking of one situation where this one fella had some real musical ability, but uh, he was afraid that he wasn't good enough at playing a certain instrument. And, and, and there was a church that needed uh, uh, someone to play that certain instrument that he played. But, uh, but, but, and that instrument just sat there for several years, unplayed, nobody there to play it. And come to find out this, this gentleman had the ability but, you know, and eventually he, he stepped up and began to play that instrument and was, I mean, he was just so blessed in doing it and was just a great blessing to the congregation. But for years, he, he never stepped up and that instrument, as I said, just sat there unplayed. And at the, when he came to the, came to, you know, to the bottom of the, the story of that story, when that guy was asked, why didn't you come forward sooner? He said, well, I was afraid that I wasn't good enough. And that I wouldn't be able to make the, t the music, the worship team and that sort of thing. And you see, see what fear did. It caused him to hide that talent. And that's what fear will, will if we don't handle it properly, will, will cause us to do is to hide the talents that the Lord's given us. And as a result, I mean, there's all kinds of people who have never realized their potential because they were afraid. They were afraid to, to, to step out and put their talent to use. They were afraid that, you know, as I said, like that guy with that musical instrument, he was afraid he wasn't good enough. Uh, there's a, a fear of failure. That's one reason people don't a lot of times step up and do, uh, you know, use the talent God has given them. They're afraid that they're going to fail or, or whatever. There's all kinds of, of, of things we could say, but, but fear will cause you to hide and and not realize your potential and as i said there's so many people in the land right now that have never realized their potential because they were afraid to step up and use it you know uh, there there's there's probably a lot of things that that uh you know that 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 a lot of good good ideas that people have had that you know that have never even come to fruition because you know they had a good idea even some people have ideas that the lord's given them but They've never, they've, it's never come to fruition because, you know, they're afraid to step out and, 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 you know, bring that, that talent out that they have or that idea out or that thought out because they're afraid that it'll fail or that nobody will pay attention to it or this or that or the other. And, you know, I've, I fear of failure. That, I tell you, that is something, that's something that's hindered me in my life. I know, uh, I could have done more in the area of golf than I did. I was a pretty decent golfer when I was a kid, but I don't know, for some reason, I just had a, I, I always had a fear of, of not doing well in a tournament. And for me, it was just easier to not even get in the tournament than to play in it and not do well. As you see, a fear of failure. I never did realize all the potential that I had could have, you know, could have shown as a golfer because I was, I was really afraid of failing. And, and I tell you what, it caused me to hide, hide some ability that I had. And, you know, it, it's so true. Fear 
causes people to, to hide and not produce to the full uh, potential that they have. And much I could say about that. So, hey, if you're out there and God's given you some talent, hey, don't let fear keep you from, from letting that talent, talent shine through. And you'll be blessed. And you'll, I tell you, you'll bless a lot of other people with it. Uh, guaranteed fact. But, but there's just, uh, like I said, there's just, there's, there's probably people out there, you've had good ideas, but they just, they're never going to come to fruition because you're, you're afraid, oh, well, if I, if I, you know, move on this, you know, it'll just fail. Well, what, what if it doesn't? You know, uh, I think about, uh, like Abraham Lincoln, you know, I studied up on him one time and, you know, he failed a lot politically before he was ever elected president. But he didn't let those that, that fear of failing stop him from eventually realizing his full potential. So uh, don't be like this guy in this parable that Jesus told that, you know, he said, I was afraid, Lord, and I went and hid. I hid your talent. And the Lord, like, like I said, the Lord was not pleased with him at all. And he didn't wind up, wind up well at all. So, hey, don't don't let fear keep you from being all that you can be for the Lord. And then so, so uh, we have to learn to handle fear properly so that we are able to realize our full potential. And then something else that's so important to learn to handle fear properly, because if you don't, I believe it can, uh, I believe fear can uh, activate, I do, I think it can activate bad things in our lives. I, I think I heard a preacher say this years ago, and, and, and it's, it's very true, you know, faith faith will will really uh, cause God to start moving in your life. And that's very true. You can see that in the Bible. Faith, you know, will cause God to start moving on your behalf. And, and I believe fear can, can activate bad things in your life. I really do. And some scriptural uh, backing on that is, is found in Job, the third chapter in the 25th verse. Job said, uh, after some bad things happened to him, he said, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me and what I dreaded has happened to me. Now, I think I also need to say before I go any further with Job that so many of the things that we fear in life don't ever happen anyway. So I do need to say that because there's been lots of things I've, I've been, you know, fearful of or, or worried about that would happen that never did happen. So that needs to be said. And you know, all that worrying I did about, about, about things that never happened, that was just, that was just wasted time, wasn't it? But, but, but there is a truth here that I want you to get. And I am convinced that, like I said, just like faith will cause God to go into, into, into action for you. I do believe that there's a truth here that, that fear can, can draw bad things and cause bad things to happen. That's why you got to be real careful about fear and learn how to handle it. Because Job, as I said, had some bad things happen to him. And he said, the thing that I greatly feared and dreaded has come upon me. And what happened to him? Well, he, he you know, his children, uh, he lost his children. And you, if you study into Job, you could see, you could see that he was very concerned about his children and that they would continue to serve the Lord and all of that. And, and, and he wind up, he wound up losing them. He wound up losing his, his health and his wealth. And all of that. And so, you know, while I realize that a lot of the things that people fear never do happen, there is a truth here. And I think it's worth noting that it's, it's important that we, 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 we watch that we're not fearful of things because I do believe that we could get to a point where fear can actually draw bad things unto us. I really do. Just like, like I think it did with Job. He said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And, 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 and it did. So, and I know at the end of the story, he wound up well, had double, you know, double blessing and all of that. But I'm just saying for the point of this message, we must learn how to handle fear and, uh, and, and be sure that we don't spend our time dreading and fearing things because there is a truth that I think it can draw bad things under, under ourselves. So we need to be people of faith, not people of fear. I mean, that's a good statement. We need to be people of faith 
and not people of fear. And actually, if you study into faith and fear, they're really the diametric opposites one of another. They really are. And we need to be people of faith, not people of fear. So let me, with that all being said, let me take some time now and let's go into, into the Word of God and show you how to handle fearful situations. First, and now six things. If you're taking notes, there's six things I want to say to you that will help you to handle fear properly. Because again, we're all going to get into fearful situations. We, we are. But we need to learn to handle, handle those situations properly, manage that fear properly. So the first thing, if you're taking notes, six things very quickly I want to share with you. The first thing is to handle fear, to deal with it. First thing is get saved. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I mean, you need to stop everything right where you are, repent of your sins, and receive Jesus right now. Call on the name of the Lord and get saved. Because I tell you what, really, as I've studied the Word of God, really, there's only one thing that we legitimately need to be afraid of, and it's, and it's, and it's hell. I mean, it's hell. I mean, going to hell. I mean, when you get right down to it, that's the only thing that really we need to be afraid of is winding up in hell. And the way you miss hell is by repenting of your sins and receiving Jesus as your Savior. So that's the first thing as it pertains to fear that I would tell anybody is, hey, get saved. Because if you're not saved, then I have no, <laughs> there's no hope that I, that I, that I can offer you. Okay, and you ought to be afraid. You ought to be shaken in your boots if you're not born again. Really, absolutely. So to deal with fear, first thing, get saved. Now, the reason I say that is because all fear. Remember a while ago I said you could make a list a mile long of all the different fears that people have. Well, really, this is so true. Every fear that you could list is rooted and grounded in this one thing. It's the fear of death with the implication being going to hell. That, that's it right there. That's the number one uh, 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 issue is the fear of dying. And, and, and I mean, there's people that are afraid of dying. And, and you know, I don't know that anyone, I don't know anybody that, that, that wants to die you know, death is an enemy. We want to live our lives out here on the earth. Absolutely. But, but people have a fear of dying. Now, if you know Jesus as your savior, that, that fear of dying is removed. Now, still, you know, I want to go to heaven. I just don't want to go to heaven right now unless the rapture takes place. Now, that's different, but I want to live my life out on the earth. I don't want, I don't want to die young, but you see, there's, there, there's, there's, there, there, there's, uh, uh, you know, you know, if you don't know Jesus as your savior, you know, that fear of dying, I mean that, I mean, you know, uh, let me say it this way. If we know Jesus as our savior, we don't want to, I mean, we, we don't want to die. We want to live our lives out. But if we know Jesus as our savior, we know that when we do die, we're going to heaven and that's wonderful. But if you don't know Jesus as your savior, that's bad. That's a bad deal. Because when you die, you're going to hell. That's a place of fire and torment. And that's something to be, to be afraid of. I'll tell you for sure. You get what I'm saying? So, so to deal with fear, the first thing you need to do is, is get saved. Now, now, uh, because all fear is really rooted in the fear of dying. Any fear that you could mention on that long list we could list, Every one of those can be, in some way or another, linked back to the fear of death. Now listen, Hebrews 2 verse 14. Let me read this, give you some scriptural backing for what I just said. Hebrews 2 verses 14 and 15 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he, Jesus, might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, you know as well as I do, fear is a terrible bondage. It's, it's, it's a dungeon. It's terrible. It's a horrible bondage. Fear. The Bible says we'll get to it as we go that fear has torment. And it's a terrible thing. But, but you see, Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, what he did is he, re, he released us from the fear of death. And then it says, uh, who, who were released, who, 
and release those who through fear of death were all their uh, lifetime subject to bondage. See, that fear of death is, is the number one fear. It really is. That's the main fear. That's the number one fear. And I tell you what, if you could get released of that, then, 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 then the rest of the fears that we run into uh, in our lives are really, they pale in comparison to that one. So if you want to be fear, uh, free of, of fear, the number one thing to do is to get free of the fear of death and how do you do that? By trusting in what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's why he came, born of the virgin, lived the sinless life, you know, uh, was tempted in all points like as we are. He never sinned. He died on the cross, shed his blood. Uh, you know, he, he was buried and the third day rose from the dead. So, And through all of that, he released us from the power of the devil. He took the keys of hell and of death, the Bible says, when he was raised from the dead. And he released us from the fear of death. And when we place our faith in him and call on his name, then we're free from that fear, which is the ultimate fear. And I tell you what, you get free of that one, all the other f- fears that we face in life pale in comparison. So in handling fear, the first thing is get saved. Then the second thing you need to realize in handling and dealing f- with fear is that fear is not the will of God. It's not the will of God. God doesn't want any of us to be bound by fear. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So just know that, that you know, being fearful is not the will of God for us because he hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, um, uh, someone said, now I've never taken the time to count these up myself, but someone said that there's approximately 365 times that the Bible says, uh, fear not or don't be afraid or something of that nature. And, and you think about that, there's one fear not in the Bible for every day, 365 days in the year, there's about 360 to 365 times that the Bible says, fear not. So one for every day of the year. You think about that. You see, God does not want us to be fearful. It's not his will for us to be fearful. And then the third thing that you need to realize when, you, when you're dealing with fearful situations is that God will be with us in the midst of the fearful situation. God will be with us in the midst of the fearful situation. You know, Isaiah 43 verses one through three. I mean, you know, we again, we all run into fearful situations, but we need to realize, this is my third point, that the Lord will be with us in the midst of those fearful situations. Isaiah 43 verse one says, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. And Israel, see, is making reference there, you know, to, to see Jacob's making reference to Abraham's natural seed and then Israel to his spiritual seed. So if you're born again, God's talking to you and he says this when, when he calls out Israel there. He says, fear not. There it is. Fear not. There's one of those for every day in the year. For I have redeemed you, I've called you by your name, you are mine. Well, that's enough right there to knock fear in the head, isn't it? And then he said, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. See, God will be with us in the midst of fearful situations. He said, I'll be with you when you pass through the waters and through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you from the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Glory to God. That's that's exciting, isn't it? You know, I think of the Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they weren't exempted from that fiery furnace, but that fourth man, the Lord Jesus Christ, was there with them right through the midst of that fire and it didn't harm them. It didn't scorch them. It didn't burn them. In fact, they came out of it unharmed. They didn't even smell of smoke. I mean, see, they weren't exempt, exempted from a fearful situation, it, but the Lord was with them in the midst of that fire. 
And you know, I think about Daniel. You know, he wasn't exempted from going into the lion's den. But what did, what did uh, the Bible say that, it, that the, uh, the, the angel of God came and shut? Actually, you study into it. I believe it was the second member of the Trinity, the Lord himself, came and shut those lions' mouths. See, the Lord was with Daniel in the midst of the uh, of that of that lion's den. See, so the Lord hasn't exempted us from fearful situations, but we can handle a fearful situation much better if we know that the Lord is right there with us in the midst of it. And he said right here, he said, "I will be with you." I like what the psalmist David said in Psalm 23 verse 4. He said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's, think about that. You talk about fearful, the valley of the shadow of death. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you, for the Lord is with me. There you go. I tell you what, you want to handle fear, just realize the Lord's right there and he's with you. And if you're born again, he's not only with you, he's in you. And he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. And I tell you what, the Lord being with you will help you through any, any fearful situation. So, and you know, it's interesting. I, th- I think about these, uh, these two, two people in the Bible. I think about Jairus and I think about Peter. You know, Jairus had a little daughter who was very sick and then he came to get Jesus, to have Jesus come over and pray for her. And in the meantime, the little daughter died. And when word came that the daughter was dead, remember what Jesus told Jairus? He said, don't be afraid or fear not. Uh, you think about that. And long story short, uh, uh, Jesus went over to Jairus's house and raised uh, the daughter from the dead. And if you ever read the story, when they showed up over at the house, at Jairus's house, there's a bunch of people there having a, a, a wailing party, you know, and, and all of that. And, uh, but you know, it's interesting. Jairus didn't enter into that. He kept his eyes on Jesus. And though the situation was very fearful, the news that he got was, was, was bad news. And a lot of people are afraid of receiving bad news. I don't like receiving bad news. Who does? I, but you can really develop a, a fear of that. Uh, I, I'm thinking about one person that, uh, in my childhood that whenever the phone would ring, they don't, they'd like jump and I, I said, what's wrong? And say, Oh, that's gotta be bad news. See, they were afraid of receiving. <laughs> bad news and nobody wants to receive bad news but i mean what if, you know what if it's not bad news what if somebody's calling you up to tell you something good you know but we can we've got to we we got to we got to handle these things properly and not be fearful and and uh you know like my mother told me one time she said she, you know cuz i was I, i've had to deal with these fearful things you know throughout my life and one time she said you know i think you're afraid of your own shadow <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm a lot better now than I used to be because, thank God, the Word of God's been working on me. I'm not where I where I'd like to be with this issue of fear, but I'm but I am getting better at it. And uh, I like what the what FDR said: "There's nothing to fear but fear itself." Right? So hey, but but be that as it may, um, uh, Jairus, uh, you know, he got bad news, but he didn't take his eyes off Jesus. He kept his eyes on Jesus and his daughter was raised from the dead. But Peter, if you think about it, he was out there with Jesus when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And remember in the midst of that storm and Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water. Remember that? But then the Bible says the wind was boisterous and he took his eyes off Jesus and he got his eyes over he said, Peter walking on the water saw that the wind was, see, he saw the wind was boisterous. He got his eyes off Jesus over on the circumstance, over on the wind. And the Bible says he was afraid and he began to sink. See, it's, it, it's not so much that it was that, that, that he felt the fear, but he got his eyes off Jesus. See, we need to remember my third point is that when we go through a fearful situation, the Lord has promised to be there with us. And though we may feel fear, let's don't get our eyes off Jesus. Jairus didn't take his eyes off Jesus and his daughter got raised from the dead. Peter, on the other hand, he, uh, 
He took his eyes off Jesus, got it over on the circumstance, and of course he began to sink. But the Lord was good, saved him anyway. But uh, but you see, it's important that we keep our eyes on Jesus. And you see, we learned something else that 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 uh, Jairus was. I mean, he was right there with Jesus. Bad news came. Fear was there. Just like Peter, he was out on that walking on the water, fearful situation. Jesus right there with him. Both of these guys, Jairus and Peter, having to deal with fear. But where do we keep our eyes in the midst of it? Jairus kept his eyes on Jesus and his daughter was raised from the dead. Peter got his eyes off Jesus on the circumstance and began to sink. So if you don't want to sink in the midst of a fearful situation, know the Lord's with you. Keep your eyes on him. Okay. And then when, when, when fear, when fearful situations present themselves, perception is all important. The way we perceive things, it's all important. You know, I think about the Israelites. Remember in the Old Testament as uh, they were spying out the promised land? Remember that? And they came back, those spies came back and gave word to, to Moses. And, and there were 12 spies and, and 10 of them brought, you know, Caleb and Joshua brought a good report, said we're well able to take the land. But those other 10 spies, they brought back negative report. And it's interesting, they, they made the report, they said, we see ourselves as grasshoppers in those people's eyes. And it brought great fear among the people of God, that report did. But if you get in and study it, you, you see that uh, it, it's very clear that, you see, they had that perception of themselves. And as a result, it led to great fear. But later on down the road, when the truth came out and they, they got, they eventually on down the road got in, you know, after Moses died, they got into promised land. And I think they were talking to Rahab, you know, there at, at Jericho. And, and she, she told them, Hey, we heard about you guys coming and, and all that God was doing for you. And we were scared of you guys. See, but, but those 10, those 10 uh, spies that Moses sent, See, they had the perception that they were grasshoppers when all the time the, 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 the enemy, uh, you know, saw, saw the people of God, you know, as, as mighty and powerful. Perception's all important. How you see the situation. And let me, let me just say that again. You know, uh, those 10 spies, they saw themselves as grasshoppers when Bad perception when the, their enemy didn't see them as grasshoppers. The enemy was afraid, afraid of them when, when finally the, the truth finally came out on, on down the road. And you see, but the point is perception of a thing is so important. Perception, what is the old saying? Perception is reality. I mean, I mean, perception is so important and how we perceive things. And, um, you know, it, it's like, like with the devil. You know, most people are scared spitless of the devil and demons and those sorts of things. But you get in and study the word of God, at which I just covered this recently over the last several weeks. Uh, if you missed it, you can go back in the archives and find it. You get in and find out that if we know who we are in Christ Jesus, the devil's scared of us. You know, he's fearful of us, not not us in and, of, in and of ourselves, but who we are in Christ, devil's scared of us if we know who we are in Christ and we know how to use our authority in the name of Jesus. But see, most people don't understand that they and they, they don't have that proper perception. And so they go around scared of the devil and this, that, and the other, and they live their lives cowering in fear. See, perception is so important. I also think about David and Goliath. Remember that Goliath, that, that giant out there. And when David shows up on the scene as a young boy, that giant was defying the armies of the living God and defying the David's brothers and, and Saul and the army of Saul and all of that, that, that Goliath was a bad individual and big, what, about nine feet tall and just defying the armies of the living God. And when David gets in there, you know, the, 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 his, I guess it was his brothers or some of the soldiers came and said, have you seen how big and bad that giant is? And they were all afraid of the giant. And, and But David said, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? And, and, and see, it was a perception. And what it was, <laughs> I could preach for an hour and a half on it, but you see, 
what, what it was is that the, uh, Saul's army and David's brother were comparing the giant to themselves. And yeah, the giant does look big and bad, and they do have a fearful situation on their hands if you do that. But David never call, uh, never compared the giant to himself. He compared the giant to God. And he, he called the giant, he never, did you know, no, he never did call him a giant. He never did. He called him an uncircumcised Philistine. That word uncircumcised, that's important. David was saying that giant doesn't have a covenant with God and I do. And he did. And as a result, he went out there and he, he defeated at the power of God, under the power of God, he defeated the giant and slew him. Absolutely. And it, fearful situation. But really, if you think about it, you know, David was looking at the same thing all those other people, those other soldiers were looking at. It's just perception. How do you perceive it? How do you see it? And most people I've met over the years, in the mid, and I've, I've done it myself, in the midst of a fearful situation, we tend to compare that, you know, that enemy against ourselves and our own power. And boy, I tell you what, you can start shaking in your boots real quick. Uh, but, but David didn't do that. He wasn't like the, the soldiers of Saul. He compared that giant to God. I tell you what, you start comparing a giant or anything to God, that giant, those problems get real small, don't they? That cancer gets real small and tiny when you compare it up against the power of Almighty God. You think about that. So it's, I tell you what, if you're going to deal with fear properly, you're going to have the have to have the proper perception of it. And see, David, you get into it, you see, David knew the word of God. He knew his covenant. He knew that nobody could defy the armies of the living God and get away with it. And I tell you what, he, he, he had the proper perception of the situation. And as a result, he came out victorious at the end. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God forevermore. So perception, my fourth point is perception of the situation is so important. You have to perceive things right. And just, just let me tell you this. Again, weigh the situation up against not yourself, but weigh the situation, weigh the enemy up against God. Weigh the sickness and disease or what the lack or whatever it is up against God. And I tell you what, you get a different perspective on it. And I tell you what, that can drive fear out. Absolutely. And then the fifth thing, I've got six things for you. The fifth thing is, if you want to deal with fear properly is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. You need to develop yourself in the love of God. You need to develop yourself in the love of God. Look at this. John, first, this is 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love. Of course, we know the Bible says God is love. So we could say there is no fear in love. There is no fear in God. I mean, you could meditate on that all day. That's powerful. And then it says, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And you know that as well as I do. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And so if you're having trouble dealing with fear, what can we conclude? You haven't developed yourself in the love of God as you should. And that's as true for me as it is for you. So if we're having trouble with fear, it's a telltale sign that we've not developed ourselves in the word of God. And in, you say, well, how do I develop myself in the love of God? You develop, you, you, you obtain knowledge of the word of God and you act on it. You find out, uh, you know, how love operates. I think you can go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter in the Amplified Classic Version and read that, it'll tell you how love operates. And I tell you what, yeah, 1 Corinthians third chapter 13 in the Amplified Classic Version. I tell you what, read that, study that, meditate it, memorize it, act on it, do it. That's how you would develop yourself in the love of God. And the Bible says that if you'll do that, it'll drive fear out. I'll read this again. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves or has torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So if you, if you find somebody that's just a fearful, nervous wreck all the time, one thing we know, that person has not developed themselves in the love of God. So I don't say this to put anyone down, but hey, if you're having trouble with fear all the time or frequently or whatever, hey, or at all, 
Develop yourself in the love of God. Because the Bible says, he who, uh, but he who fears has not been made perfect or perfected in love. So perfect yourself in the love of God. Walk in love. The Bible tells us to walk in love. And I tell you what, it'll drive fear out. And then the last thing, the sixth point that I have, if you want to be able to deal with fear properly, is let and set. Let and set. L-E-T and S-E-T. Let and set. Say, Pastor Terry, what do you mean, let and set? Well, let me give you some scripture. John 14, verse 1. The Lord said, let, L-E-T, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, let not your heart be troubled. This is something you and I are going to have to do. Now, let me tell you, this is easier said than done because when there's a bad doctor's report or some bad news or some fearful situation, you know, just being a human being, your mind is going to gravitate to that bad news, to that bad. If, if, if you're human, I'll guarantee, I don't care what anybody says. If you're human, a bad report comes, a bad doctor's report comes. Somebody says there's cancer or this or that or the other. Or you've lost your job or whatever it is. I, I tell you what, the, the mind will go to that bad news and, and camp on it. Okay. And all kinds of, of troubling will come to your heart. But the Lord said, let not your heart be troubled. We could take that as a command. Let not. Something we're going to have to do. If we're going to deal with fear successfully, we're going to have to let not our heart be troubled. We're going to have to do that on purpose. And that's easier said than done, but it is doable or the Lord wouldn't have told us to do it. And it's for our own good. And then Colossians 3.15 says, let, there it is, L-E-T, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Something we're going to have to make a conscious decision to do right in the midst of all kinds of fearful news and bad news and bad situations is we're going to have to just make a conscious decision by faith. I am not going to let my heart be troubled. I'm going to let the peace of God rule and have free reign and rule. See, rule, have first place. Not the, not, not the, not the bad news, but, but the peace of God. I'm going to let it rule in my heart. Easier said than done, but I tell you what, if you want to deal successfully with fear, that's something you're going to have to do is you're going to have to let. You're going to have to let not your heart be troubled and let the peace of God rule and then set. What do you mean set? Well, Isaiah 26 verse 3 says uh, that God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So you see, we're going to have to set our mind on the Lord and on his word. So we're going to have to let not our heart be troubled and we're going to have to set our mind on the word of God. If we want to deal with fear successfully, we have to let and set. Let not our heart be troubled. Let the peace of God rule in it and be the umpire and rule in it. And, and we're going to have to set um, our mind on him and, and stay it on him. Keep it on him. It says, you, you, God, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That doesn't mean just think about his word and about him once in a while. But I tell you what, your mind has to be stayed on him. That bad news comes. I tell you what, your mind is going to want to wander on and not wander on, but stay on that bad news. Now, this is not saying, you know, just think about the Lord once in a while. What this is saying is you got that bad news sitting over here. You've got to stay your mind on on the Lord. And again, if you're a human like me, your mind's going to want to wander back to that bad news. Huh? Now look, if bad news comes, I'm not saying we ought to ignore it. See, faith doesn't ignore the problem. Faith deals with the problem. But you're not going to be able to operate in faith if, you're, if your heart's full of fear. So when bad news comes, what you do is, 
is you let your heart not be troubled. You let the peace of God rule and you set your mind on the Lord and you keep it there. You don't let it wander over to that bad news. And then you begin to operate the principles of faith and you deal with that situation. And, and, and then in the process of time, you know, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I tell you what, if you got your mind on the problem all the time, you can't possibly be operating in faith to deal with the problem. Okay, so it's important when bad news comes, when we're in the midst of a fearful situation, we have to let not our heart be troubled. We have to let the peace of God rule. We have to stay our mind. Keep your mind on the Lord at all times. Uh, Again, what I've been guilty of doing is bad news comes and I got my mind on the bad news and I let it occasionally think about the Lord. Well, you got to switch that around. And in fact, more than switch it around, you got to get your, you got to put that bad news aside and stay your mind on the Lord. I tell you what, that fear will fade and then you'll be in a position. See, if you're ridden, like I said, if you're ridden down with fear, you're not going to be able to operate in faith. But I tell you what, that fear will dissipate. You'll be able to operate in faith and deal with that bad news successfully. Glory to God. And then, hey, Philippians 4, let's go there because this has to do with setting our mind. It says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, we could say it this way, don't worry about anything. Don't be fearful about anything. That, that That's another way to say that. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will uh, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Okay, or through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think or set your mind on these things. Again, that's easier said than done when you got a fearful situation going on, bad news that has come. You understand that's, it's easier said than done, but we must do it. We must do it. We must, if there's any, what does the Bible say? If whatever things are noble and just and pure and so forth, we've got to set our minds on these things. Let and set, let not your heart be troubled. You know, let the peace of God rule, set your mind on the Lord, keep it there, stay it there. Think on things of good report, things that are noble and, and praiseworthy. And, and you see what happens then is fear dissipates and then you're free to operate in faith and deal with the bad situation. Glory to God. I don't know if you're like me, but you know, there's been a few times over the years where, you know, like a, a doctor's report was given and you know, I'll go set my mind on Google, you know, G-O-G-G-L-E, Google, I'll go Google it. And see what does Google have to say about it, and, you know. And then and then it'll take you to different medical websites. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with becoming educated about you know a medical issue or something. And there's a lot of good things on Google and, and certain medical websites. But I tell you what, I've made the mistake over the years of setting my mind on that stuff and you know Google and every everything you can find and looking at every medical website by the time I tell you what you could have a minor ailment by the time Google gets done with you you could basically be planning your funeral you know what I'm saying and so you know I'm not saying there's anything wrong with maybe looking up something and getting some information but I tell you what we shouldn't set our mind on Google we ought to set our mind on God now I'm preaching to myself as well as you all right let's don't set our mind on Google let's set our mind on God Amen. I tell you what, uh, you set your mind on Google, uh, it'll accelerate fear. It'll feed fear. It absolutely will. But you set your mind on God and do what we've said here today and the fear will dissipate. You'll be ready to, as I keep saying, you'll be ready to operate in faith and deal with the bad news. Glory to God or the fearful situation. Uh, Well, I hope this has helped you today. You know, uh, I'm going to close by giving you my, uh, probably my keynote scripture on this whole subject Hebrews 13.6, Hebrews 13.6 says uh, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Boy, I tell you what, that's a good way to close this message up, isn't it? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. And we ought, the Bible says, it just said it right there. We ought to boldly say that. Boldly. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. And then it says, what can man do to me? And really, if you think about it, what, what can man 
or beast or the devil, demons, or anybody else. What can any of them do to us if the Lord is our helper? Amen. So let's boldly say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Glory to God. Boy, that's a good, that's a good verse, isn't it? So, hey, I hope this helped you today. I hope that with these six steps I've given you, you'll be able to handle fearful situations. And, um, and, and, and like I said, it's not a sinful thing to feel fear, but hey, take these six things I've given you, these six things I've given you and learn to deal with fear and, um, and, and, and come out successfully and, and enjoy your life. Live your life because I like what the one preacher said. The crises, the crises of life come to us all. And there's always going to be, you know, along life's journey, there's going to be times that we're going to feel fear. But let's learn to deal with it properly and, and enjoy life. What do you say? Now, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, as I said earlier, that's the only thing you really need to be afraid of is if you don't know the Lord. Because there is a heaven to gain, but there is also a hell to shun. And, and you don't want to go to hell. That's the thing to be afraid of. And uh, if you know the Lord, you don't have to be afraid of dying. But if you don't know the Lord, that's what you need to be afraid of. You know, the Lord said this. I want to just share this with you. He said this in Matthew ten twenty eight. He said this. He said, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to, to destroy both soul and body in hell. So you see, what did he say there? The only one we need to be afraid of, really, is we need to have a fear of God. And I tell you what, again, if you don't know the Lord, hell awaits. You need to be afraid. But you can change that in a moment's time by repenting of your sins and receiving Jesus. And then you don't need to be afraid of dying anymore and, and fear will dissipate. And then you don't, you certainly don't need to be afraid of God in that respect, but then you just have a fearful, uh, uh, not say fearful, but a, a holy reverence of Him. And, uh, and, and, and that's how we ought to live our lives. Not fearing man or beast, but just fearing God, having a healthy reverence of Him. And that's really the only one we need to have fear of is the Lord, but, it, but in a good way. But if you don't know Jesus, you ought to be afraid, but change that right now. Receive Jesus, get that fear out of your life, and then start enjoying life. And God will, you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So hope this helped you today. I'm going to go now, and I'll see you next week. God bless you.